Hey everybody, welcome to the Ancient Art Podcast. I'm your host, Lucas Livingston. After many long months of anticipation, the Art Institute of Chicago recently unveiled the new Mary and Michael Jaharis Galleries of Greek, Roman, and Byzantine art. The new installation has quadrupled in size, and with its fresh redesign, encompasses the entire circuit overlooking the Art Institute's open-air McKinlock Court. The long corridors of the new Jaharis galleries lined with classical treasures amidst bustling visitors almost give me the feeling of hobnobbing among the philosophers of an ancient Athenian stoa. Ironically, with the increased space dedicated to Greek, Roman, and Byzantine art, the Art Institute's collection is not substantial enough to fill it. Over a quarter of the approximately 550 works of art on display are on loan from various private collections and other museums. The Jaharis galleries are designed in part by Kulapat Yantrazast of Y Architecture, although I'm not exactly sure which part, as the design's a radical departure from Yantrazast's earlier commission in the Art Institute, the Roger and Pamela Weston wing of Japanese art, featured in episode 34 of the Ancient Art Podcast, Haniwa Horse and Hokusai's Ghosts. The refined simplicity and pedestrian-friendly layout of the Western Wing seems to have gotten lost in translation from Japanese to Greek and Latin. You might find yourself careening into fellow visitors like a sailor dashed upon the Peloponnesian crags lured by the serenic call of some Athenian vase or Antonine portrait bust. The galleries begin with two works that form a bridge to other collections in the museum, which broadly express inspirations for and from the art of classical antiquity. The circa 3000 BC Mesopotamian statue of a striding figure on loan to the Art Institute reminds us that classical civilization had one foot firmly placed in the cultural heritage of the ancient Near East and Egypt, which we've explored repeatedly in the Ancient Art Podcast. The Art Institute's refreshingly modern Cycladic female figurine from circa 2500 BC tantalizes visitors emerging from the museum's modern wing with a simplified elegance and abstraction tantamount to Pablo Picasso. This reminds us of classical art's far-reaching fingers in European modernism and in other areas of the collection, like 19th century American sculpture found in the adjacent classically inspired sculpture court, and in the Hellenized art of ancient Gandhara seen in the adjacent galleries of Asian art. One benefit of the aforementioned sea of display cases is that the works have been relieved of their punitive time out in corners and along the walls. I'm especially delighted now to see most objects fully in the round, which had previously teased me for many years with only glimpses of their backsides. And as a friend and colleague put it, there are some pretty good derrieres in the ancient galleries. Truly spectacular is the brilliance of radiant daylight streaming into the galleries, most notably the Greek gallery. The powerfully raking light beautifully highlights the subtle engravings on the surface of Greek vessels used by ancient painters to outline shapes and figures to be filled in with slip and pigment. It may cause something of an initial fright to see powerful sunlight bearing down on vividly colored 2,500-year-old treasures, but take comfort in knowing that the clay-based fired colors of ancient Greek ceramics are not particularly sensitive to light. Furthermore, a UV light-filtering film applied to the windows eliminates the more dangerous part of the light spectrum. Conspicuously absent from the Jaharis galleries is the Art Institute's beloved collection of ancient Egyptian art. Gone is the world's most beautiful mummy of Pa'ankhanamun. The statue of Raharachti has flown the coop. Osiris must have fallen in his own trapdoor, and that middle kingdom ship has sailed. 
With the ancient art galleries quadrupling in size, one can only wonder how there apparently wasn't enough room for the Egyptian art. As the Egyptian collection gathers dust and storage, its future location within the Art Institute remains a mystery. Perhaps they could take the initiative and place it among the Art of Africa? In the meantime, I'll derive pleasure from pointing out that the coin display cases throughout the Jeharis galleries are unabashedly pyramidal in shape. As you make your way around the corner from Greek to Roman art, it's tempting to establish a connection between ancient and modern. You waltz among the graceful curves of Hellenistic sculpture and vibrant primitivism of two bronze Sardinian figurines in Etruscan pieces set against the backdrop of the Art Institute's gallery of public modern art in Chicago, including Calder, Miro, Picasso, and the famed America Windows by Marc Chagall. Many of these and other modern artists looked to antiquity as inspiration for their groundbreaking artistic styles. Happily, no longer is the collection of ancient glass sequestered in its previous isolation ward, but is now fully integrated and dispersed throughout the Jeharis galleries, serving to help contextualize the art of glass in the broader narrative of ancient civilization. A delightful new promised gift to the Art Institute is a collection of eight Roman mosaics related to feasting and merriment. One of my favorites is this charming fish on a platter. The gentle smirk gracing its lips makes me wonder if the fish was not entirely displeased at being served for dinner. Or perhaps this helped a particularly over-empathetic Roman patron overcome his or her vegetarian inclinations. And while mosaic tesserie are generally not considered the most subtle of media, I'm nonetheless struck by the level of detail in some of the designs. For example, the thoughtful placement of differently colored tesserie grants a simple sack the contrasting light and shadow of folds and creases. When in Rome, uh, the Roman gallery that is, be sure to head to the back corner where you'll find a little conservation nook with pieces that recently underwent restoration and an interesting video surveying the history of the collection and conservation techniques. Another multimedia feature you'll find dispersed throughout the new galleries is the interactive educational resource called Launchpad installed on 16 Apple iPads. Launchpad goes beyond the gallery labels, offering up a wealth of information for selected objects, including historical context, form and function, method of manufacture, and connections with other works in the museum's collection. You could easily spend an hour or two absorbed in Launchpad alone. Also on loan for an initial nine-month period are 51 stunning works from the British Museum, organized in a special exhibition called Late Roman and Early Byzantine Treasures from the British Museum. As far as things go in the museum world, that's a pretty lengthy period for a temporary exhibition. We could be thankful that the British Museum is remodeling their Byzantine galleries, which permits American audiences to become enriched by these treasures across the pond over in the colonies. One of the highlights of the British Museum loan is the Lycurgus Cup, a fascinating 4th century Roman luxury object made of dichroic glass, meaning two colors. The cup changes from red when light shines through the glass to green when reflected off the surface. A clever lighting rig in the ceiling permits you to see this magical transformation before your very eyes. So with over 550 works in the new permanent Jeharis galleries of Greek, Roman, and Byzantine art, and the special exhibitions like the British Museum from red when light shines through the glass to green when reflected off the surface. A clever lighting rig in the ceiling permits you to see this magical transformation before your very eyes.
So with over 550 works in the new permanent Jeharis galleries of Greek, Roman, and Byzantine art, and the special exhibitions like the British Museum alone, we can look forward to plenty of new fodder for this epic adventure of the Ancient Art Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to like us on Facebook at Ancient Art Podcast and follow me on Twitter at Lucas Livingston. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, YouTube, and Vimeo, and be sure to give us a rating and 